hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch the first episode of a TV series, and then sometimes the entire first season and half of the second season, and then we talk about it. My name's David, and I'm not a baby podcaster, I'm a gladiator in a suit, because that's what you are when you work for Olivia Pope. You're a gladiator in a suit. Do you want to be a gladiator in a suit? You've got to say it. Gladiator in a suit. Oh, we'll come to that. Um, hey, my name's Sam, and just like Olivia Pope, my gut is also never wrong. And today it's saying McDonald's. <laughs> it's saying some kind of processed food. That's what it's saying, as usual. It's not mm-hmm. saying cover up murder, grand conspiracies, and then shag the president. No, just, just uh, unlike Olivia Pope, I am not anywhere near as driven or um, power thirsty. So I don't think I'd really. Or competent, quite... experienced, attractive. Um... <laughs> Well, I'll let the I'll let the the viewers be the judge of that. <laughs> That's going to be some straw poll, Sam. Um, so this week uh, we watched uh, Scandal from two thousand and twelve, a um, political drama. I think maybe the word is political drama mm. um, mm-hmm. created by Shonda Rhimes, who mm-hmm. is most famous for Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, she's well, a force. This, this is she? much more, much more in your wheelhouse. I think this kind of show, not you yourself, but through your wife. Yes, this is not a TV show that I have watched kind of actively, but it's one that my lovely wife has been very much into. Although, to be fair to her taste, I think she's much more like, oh, I just want to get to the end, you know, that type of involvement. Um, real real Stonewall Joe type behaviour where you've watched enough of something you feel it's do you know what it is, Sam? It's the sunk <laughs> cost Joe. fallacy. It's the sunk cost fallacy yeah. at work. Do you want, do you want to explain TV. Do you want to explain what stonewalling is other than the uh, Civil War general? Well that's pretty much the where the term comes from. <laughs> so um Joe, our esteemed colleague who um isn't here tonight. Isn't here tonight. <laughs> we forgot. To he's say. out. Um, he's out directing Confederate forces. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the imaginary podcast Dave, you can't not joke about that anymore. The Confederate army. <laughs> um, it's not funny now that, that there are actual Nazis and Confederates walking around again. <laughs> uh, so we call we refer to Joe as Stonewall Joe because he is famously stubborn uh, there's one, one occasion and he'll listen to this in three months and, and I'm sure I'll hear about it there's one occasion where we were at your house Sam years and years ago and you were like oh have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine it's really good and I was like oh yeah we should watch that so we put it on Joe was adamant he wasn't watching it so he just wasn't didn't look at the TV I don't know if you remember this like because he's so stubborn He's so stubborn that he was like, well, I'm not watching it. And he will just plant his feet. And I've never seen anybody with the fortitude of of, of, of our colleague Joe. And uh, I'm fairly sure... Stonewall Joe. A Stonewall Joe. I'm fairly sure he has watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the, in, since... I mean, he hadn't started enjoyed watching it. it, Sam. It wasn't he wouldn't wouldn't enjoy it. It's that he was watching a series. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to us ragging on Joe, which is a great, actually, use of the next 45 minutes, I, I think. Um, it's but, not bad. He he could have been here, you know. Yeah, indeed. So for anyone who who's not come across Scandal, it uh, features a former White House communications director who starts her own crisis management firm only to realise her clients are not the only ones with secrets. Boom, boom, boom. It's uh, yeah, as you say, it's Shonda Rhimes. It's ABC. It's prestigious television. I think you'd maybe call this type of thing. Like it's very much in that vein of. Um, well, uh, Sam, it's it's a very sexy people doing sexy things, talking very fast, being very clever, which is sexy, and there's also a lot of murder and sex in it, um, and mm-hmm, it very much mm-hmm. fits into the mould of a TV show like that, where most of the actual content is relatively nonsensical. You mostly want these sexy people being sexy as kind of like your like raison d'être, um, and not mm-hmm. that it's bad at all. I should say, not that it isn't like engaging. And, um, you know, very watchable. It's just that's kind of what they're going for. Yes, yes. It is It is one of those shows that I think... I think it's one of those shows that really is about, like, it's about, as you say, the the, 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 the secret world that we don't know about, you know, that exists in, in Washington and how all of these people are, you know, skulking around doing these 
dastardly things for the sake of <laughs> dastardly. Zeb. Dastardly. All right, 1753, Sam. <laughs> Twirling moustaches. Wahaha. Like, it's completely, <laughs> it's completely one of those shows that's really about uncovering the truth, as it were, about, you know, how people in, in, with power operate. And I think that for a large part, in the bits and bobs that I've seen and, you know, through discussions with, with, with uh, my wife about it, it kind of does that in a pretty good way. And I think this first episode, as we get into the pilot, is is quite good at really showcasing the, the kind of role of these type of people. They're fixers, aren't they? You know, they say we're not a law firm because we don't have to follow the rules. <laughs> also, none of them are lawyers. No. <laughs> like, one of them, I think, has a law degree. That's it. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the rest of them are just, you know, quite bullshy. Uh, well, we should run. We should run through the characters um, in a minute uh, because there is some some stuff to explore. And just as a, as a general rule of thumb, we're probably going to spoil most of the first season of this um, because I've watched mm. it. There's only seven episodes, and like there are, you know, you don't get a lot of character development for a lot of the characters in this. It all comes fairly like thick and fast later on. Um, but mm. it is interesting to discuss because, like, a show like this, you kind of, you know, you need. You need someone every week to have a personal crisis, so you need like a, a broad cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's um, let's let's maybe start with with some of the the, the kind of beginning of this. So as you say, it's Shonda Rhimes, so we all you know we know that style of television. We also, however, know that this is based on a real person, um, Judy Smith, who worked for the Bush administration as um, Boo his <laughs> yeah. Republicans, boo. Yeah. boo. Also, <laughs> Democrats, also boo. Democrats, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all pretty right wing, but the, so Judy Smith, she worked for the Bush, Bush administration and um, founded afterwards her own crisis management uh, company, and it, it kind of like you know went around doing as we see in the show, which is representing famous people, rich famous people, and. You know, doing so in a pretty immoral way, I think you'd say. Like, the, the, let me just read a list. Generously of, um, amoral, Sam. Generously, yeah. like, lives in that grey area of like, it might be illegal and it might be horrible, but it's it's all fine. Yeah, maybe. Let me just let me just um, let, let me just read a list of her clients. We've got um, United Healthcare, healthcare company, excellent. We've got Walmart. Mm. We've got NFL Renowned quarterback Mike. for treating their employees well. Uh huh. We've got NFL quarterback Michael Vick, who was the dog fighting one. Remember him? <laughs> the NFL quarterback who wasn't making enough money in the NFL. So, do you know what's really a really really hot ticket item? Dog fights. <laughs> Ran a dog fighting ring. I mean, I mean, like he's crazy. some sort of Victorian baron. Fuck me. It's just wild. But also, Monica Lewinsky, Wesley Snipes, and Sony, after they were hacked in... Do you remember when the PSN was off? When we I were do, for like because it was on for six weeks, and we all got loads of free games when it came back on. <laughs> oh, they were terrible games. Shite games. But there we go. Uh, Judy Smith was the one who said... You listen to me, Sony. You need to give them something for free. And it no, it can't be that good, but you need to give them something. And she had a really cool speech about morality, you know, and and sort of And she out. looked sexy doing it, presumably, Sam. Oh, like, yeah. So know. that's what that's so it's cool. It's cool to have a show with a bit of inspiration, a bit of real life inspiration. And also I think it's important to point out that Judy Smith, like Kerry Washington and like Olivia Pope, who who Washington plays, is a black woman. And that's like Obviously, Shonda Rhimes is black is a black woman too. So we've got this, I think, really good and really um, quite rare representation in terms of a, a powerful black woman who's going around not taking any shit, acting pretty horribly, and like you know doing lots of horrible shit. But there we go. That's I think that's an important thing to to kind of note as we go yeah. forward. Um, there it is quite a. Um What's the word? A multicolored show in that way. Like it's um, that's probably not the, the correct term, but I'm British, so just put it down to me being provincial. Um, it is, you know, it's quite there's quite good representation of different ethnicities in this, to an extent. Uh, I will say this show never really. I've watched quite a lot of this over the last week. It doesn't really tackle racism. It never touches it, and like they, you know, they very rarely even acknowledge the fact that. And I think that maybe that's a misstep. 
like again we're not the peak two white guys from the north of england we are not the we are not the guys to resolve this you know we're not we're not tackling <laughs> the race issues in america um but i will say <laughs> we've got this listen it's guys, it's we've... somewhat sanitized and they are like they took the you know they, they delve into a lot of maybe like hot topic issues a lot of like um what's the word like scan like scandals obviously that you know involve a lot of sex is that stuff why murder, the show's called rape. Scan- ah, I get it, it is but um that's okay, the titular name but like it never touches race yeah so far as i've let's, seen and again i've only let, watched let, let, let's talk about the fact that you just casually dropped that in there that you've watched how many episodes of this in a week dave Let's just let's just uh, tell the listener just exactly how much you've watched because let, again, let's well, remember, dear let's, audience, let's, I'm a on, single man let's remember, with no social life. Let's remember the point of this podcast is we watch the first episode of, of, of a TV show and then talk about it, not the first season. Uh, Sam, I think if you refer to the uh, stenographer's notes, uh, I said we watched the first episode and then also the entire first season and half of the second season. So I'm pretty sure I've covered my basis in terms of that, to be honest. Damn it. Damn uh, it's in the record. Um, but yes, you are right. So let's talk about this pilot. Yes. Unless you had a point mm-hmm. and that was what the finger was. Well, I was just going to say, why have you watched more? Why have you carried, Why have you continued to watch this show? It's a very What's polished... You in? It's a very polished TV show. Um, I'm not willing to declare that it's it's amazing because I don't, I don't necessarily think it is. I think the performances are really good. I think it's obviously made by people who know TV. Um, and I've never watched a second of Grey's Anatomy, but I assume that that's very similar where actually most of it's probably quite nonsensical. And that's a medical show, which means it will be a thousand times worse than this in terms of like made up techno babble. Um, but I assume it's just, it's well crafted. It's paced really well. Uh, they give you enough and like withhold enough to make you want to watch more. Um, even if the payoff is ultimately like not that good. And they do that in an interesting way with these episodes, by the way. Um, and obviously, if you've not watched a lot of sequentially, Sam, you may not have picked up on it. So usually in an episode, like in this pilot, they'll have a case. So they'll have a client who they deal with in that episode. They'll meet them in that episode. By the end of the episode, they're dealt with. And they'll also have, honestly, it's usually a plot line in, 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 <laughs> involving Olivia... Olivia sleeping with the president, um, like that. We'll come is to a, that. We'll get to that. But like, there's a there's usually a White House plot line going on as well. That's like a grander scandal in the background of these smaller scandals. Of like, you know, it might be a in this episode. I think it's a um, a lieutenant colonel. He's an army officer whose uh, yeah. girlfriend's been murdered. Well, you, you you call it polished, and I think this first episode, as as pilots go is about as polished an episode of TV that I think we've watched in the 130 episodes of whatever we are now. Like, this is this is extraordinarily good for a first episode. It's extraordinarily focused, and it's like an episode of TV that you could plonk in the middle of a season and it not be... Like, it wouldn't... It doesn't, and it's not, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but... This what I mean is is that you could put this anywhere in the run of of scandal in the seven or so seasons of scandal and it would stand up perfectly well as a as a as a strong episode like it is so good I think as a first episode and it's got all of the um, ingredients of 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 this TV show good and bad which we can maybe come to in a minute and it also I think sells the concept so so well like so well that we we understand within like within the first scene we understand who olivia pope is we understand that she's fucking badass and she's amazing and we get to know the rest of the characters a bit progressively but i think as like an introduction to a character this is top draw and you never see her you don't see her until you know five or so minutes in except you know but you know everything that you need to know about which i think is amazing it's um it's very fast paced like my uh, my intro was um so in the very first scene we kind of meet um a character called Quinn who is going to go and work for um Olivia and basically like because of who she is so that's kind of our introduction to it and we get like this ragtag crew of misfits which we'll touch on I'm sure 
Um, and like you said, she's a fixer. She's not a law firm. She's a, she's a fixer. She fixes things. She's like, essentially, she is like the the PR guy. She's gonna come in and she's gonna say, right, you need to wear a blue tie because it softens you to the audience. You know, you need to do this. You need to say that. You need to get act five soldiers. As she says later on, get me five soldiers of, of all different branches of the military. Exactly. Like, she is the big swinging dick of, oh, and like... We get, the, we get the biggest swinging dick. We get the biggest swing... And again, flawless television, flawless. She goes in and says, I've got three million. Oh, we asked for six. Well, you'll you'll take three because I've got you on a no-fly list. Oh, and we're just, we're just going to take what we've came for. They grab a box. You don't really think about it. Think, oh, it must be documents. Or Apparently, something. they don't look in it until they get back to the office either. No. Two minutes later, we see them. The the, 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 the their clients rushing in. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's a fucking baby. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Imagine walking in with such confidence and bravado and big big dick energy. Uh, although maybe that honestly could be the name of the show. Is like, <laughs> you know, Olivia Cole has a massive dick. You know, uh, what's the word? Speak softly and have a massive dick if you want to get I, things done. I, I do think we are gendering this a little bit more than we necessarily should do. Potentially, Sam, but it's kind of like, this is a woman in a man's world acting like a man. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in necessarily a negative way because I don't think that Olivia Cole she, she, is... She has the... But she's not she using the, her femininity yeah. in order to get the job done. She's using the fact that she's intelligent and the fact that she's confident and the fact that... You know, she's yeah. what's the word forceful, but not she's in powerful. a not in a male way. I should say. Um, yeah, no, I know you're saying. Which had massive, massive dick for the last ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> dude, stop saying massive dick. penis. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, you get into that thing about power, and and she she has absolute power, doesn't she? She is the one in command and in control, and I think that as we go through the rest of the season and all the all the, the kind of stuff later on. Is that her faltering and not, and her being in a position where she doesn't have the power, as we see later on with the president, like that is tantalising and it's like so it's amazing to watch because she is in command at, at all to, at all moments and um, unflappable and yet, in some quite pretty dodgy and, situations. And yet we get to see the vulnerability as well. Now this gets us into I think. Uh, MVP, absolute amazing casting choice, which is Kerry Washington as uh, Olivia Pope, who I just think is amazing in this. I think she's amazing. I think it's really one of those roles that you kind of can't, you kind of don't really appreciate how good it is because it, it's, it, it, it's it, as we've as we talked about, it's just like a bulldozer. She's like a bulldozer of power and energy and the way that she just commands a scene and, and, and delivers these lines and everything. It's top quality. Top quality. She's very, very good. And it's hard to imagine anyone else in this role maybe giving yeah. the same energy here where, like I said, it's this confidence and this it's this fast line delivery that we get from pretty much all the characters, to be honest, when they're giving someone like a... A dressing down. We get some great president uh, dressing downs later on. Um, but, like, she's, you know, fast talking and she's just, like, penning somebody in with her talking so that they feel trapped and that they have to do what she says. And it's kind of, like, in, in a very intelligent way. Um, and the show is... I think the writing reflects that. No one in this show talks like a normal person would ever talk. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's 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 neither here nor there. It's TV, it's uh, it's fantasy, it's, you know, suspended disbelief. And this kind of does a good job of that. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe one of the things that I don't like about the show, though, actually. Um, and it's, like, it's, it's it feels, it, you know, it, it's almost like Shakespearean, in a way, in that the way that people talk in a, in a Shakespeare play isn't really representative of how we talk it wasn't representative of how they spoke in in the in the the 16th century either like it is very kind of like flowery and dramatic but also it has like rhythm and that's the thing with with shakespeare is that when you read it and listen to it it, it takes it's quite hard sometimes and you kind of get in a swing of it i think this is kind of the same it has that such lyrical almost feel the way they speak the way they you know the way they just they've got all of these like pl- planned, rehearsed statements in their heads. They must, they must have sat down and practiced in front of a mirror. 
You know, just gladiators in no one... suits. <laughs> gladiators, I know. Tone it fucking down, mate. All right, you're you're helping rich people get away with crimes. <laughs> yeah. Easy you're on you. You're a lawyer. It's fine. You know, it's okay. You've got a nice suit on. Lovely, great. Um, but but that's maybe one of the um, that's maybe one of the things that I think you can we kind of we kind of struggle bit with a little bit. However, back to Kerry Washington, I think she pulls it off most of the time. I think it's maybe some of the other actors who. I don't know, like the the Quinn guy at the beginning, that speech to me was just like, oh my god, chill. you're not in you're not in the fucking Matrix, right, Morpheus? Chill out. Like we're not delivering these these uh, these plans. I agree speeches. with you, Sam. I think I think the delivery is quite good. Um, I think as an acting performance, I think it's all right. I just think it maybe sticks out a bit as like you're in a bar, you know. It's just strange. Yeah. Let's get into some of these supporting cast members then, just briefly, um, and then we can talk about uh, the actual plot of this episode. Again, just briefly, because I think it's somewhat interesting to talk about how they go about like resolving the issue and how many crimes they commit in doing so. Um, so, obviously, in that first scene, uh, we meet Quinn, who's the new hire. Uh, she's the, like, the fresh-faced um, girl who, honestly, like... I've watched the whole season of this. Still, what I don't know what she's doing there, but she's there. Um, but she exists to basically introduce us to the characters. She uh, is the audience analogue. That's who she is. She absolutely is. Uh, Harrison Wright is the character you referred to as Morpheus earlier. Uh, he's like he's just the lawyer guy. He's like the really smartly dressed guy. He's gonna go and he's gonna like juice people and threaten them. And you know he's the blackmail guy basically. Like he's the guy who's gonna go and blackmail people you've got uh huck oh. he's the cia murderer let's like slow it down hold on the, he is ridiculous <laughs> he is ridiculous all the way through like there, he he looks like he's on the verge of tears every single shot like he's just on the he's about to break because of the Sam, terrible he goes crimes. To, he goes to AA meetings for his torturing people's sobriety, which he breaks, and he's like, "Oh, I've had a slip," <laughs> and he goes and he's like, "I love whiskey," and last night I went out and I had some whiskey, and he talks about how much he fucking loves whiskey, Listen. and I felt so good. Listen, Dave. We've all, we've been through, we've lived through lockdown, and I am I am the first to admit that, especially in that first few months, you know, you're balancing all these things. Who hasn't slipped? Who hasn't who hasn't relied on the comfort of a little bit of light torture? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just a little bit, you know. Just just kind of drilled into kneecaps. I'm just saying, man. It's hard. It's hard to like a character whose professional background and what he really enjoys is tasing people's nipples, not for like a sexual thing, just. For the enjoyment of causing someone else pain, it is like it's just a bit much, and 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 it's something that I think with with all of these characters, um, and let's get into the plot after this point. With all of these characters, it's the kind of like it's the likability of them all, and that is the one thing that I am torn in my head about whether or not you need to have likable characters. I don't necessarily think that you do. I think sometimes it's really good to have a character that you, as as even as a protagonist that you hate, that you just can't stand, but they're compelling and they're interesting and they're able to kind of drag you into their crazy world. Maybe like uh, Kevin Spacey's character in House of Cards in a similar political sense. Kevin Spacey, total arsehole, but his character is kind of likeable, but also he's quite hateful as well. And on yet yeah, on the same time, I'm like, kind of also want to be out of root for them <laughs> and, and then they always tread this fine morality of it um i just want to round out these um the scooby gang of this of this yep. series uh we've got uh abigail abby who's um kind of like she's just an investigator um she's like the sassy woman who's going to come in and she becomes like fucking president or something vice president at some point i don't know yeah something um and you've got Stephen, who is a lawyer. He's like the the the, the you know the the legal expert, and he I think yeah. he's only in the first seven episodes, and yes. then he fucks off. Um, yeah, which I think is a bit of a shame because I think he rounds it out nicely with like somebody at least who I understand what his job is. 
like, you know, oh, he's a lawyer, great, that's really easy to understand, other than all of these other criminals slash, you know, people in hiding slash, you know, totally unqualified people. People with mental health issues. In nice Mm -hmm. suits, people with mental health issues. Yeah, which is all of them. And so in this in this first episode, then we get to see basically we, we get to see a pretty good example of what a crisis management um, company does, which is to again look after rich people, and make sure they don't get away, uh, that the, they they don't have to deal with the consequences of their crimes. And like the, uh, spoilers, this guy didn't kill his um, girlfriend because he's. It's not his girlfriend. He's in fact gay, but he's a ultra conservative right wing marine. Yeah, so he's brand, like he's go 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 gay. I know, <laughs> you know, Wh- whose brand is like you know. So this is this is where we get to to really get into the the guts of okay, you're here now in this room. You're covered in blood. Good choice coming to us first, but now we're going to sit you down and we're going to see the process about how Olivia Pope does her thing and. She is damn good at her job. Like, she is damn good at saying, sit down, you do not leave this room, you tell us exactly what happened, uh, and if you lie to us, we will give you up and we're not going to bother working with you anymore. Yeah, and she's like, you don't make any calls, you don't speak to anyone, you do exactly what I say, you fucking just sit there and let me do my job. I would do exactly what she says, because she's fucking terrifying. Like she's. Well, no, Sam, if you or I found a body or whatever, like, we call the police. Yeah, and then we'd be locked up. <laughs> this guy's clever. He knows how the police works. He knows that he's not accountable to them. The he's implication the implication in this show throughout of what I've seen, especially in this episode as well, is that in America, if you are caught with a body, obviously you did it and you're going to be fried, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't phone the police generally. I think it's, you know, like... I mean, maybe defund them a little bit, sure. Um, but look, I, I certainly wouldn't want to politicise our podcast any further than usual. <laughs> well, 130 episodes late on that, Dave. Uh, but yeah, it's like we we get so we get to see them. We get to see them basically saying, "You do not arrest this guy for 48 hours, otherwise, Olivia Pope is going to um, fund his candidacy. This police sergeants." commissioner's candidacy you know against being a mayor or whatever it is he wants to do so blackmail number one we get to see them go into a crime scene an active crime scene with a dead woman in it and take loads of photos because again blackmail uh i'll tell your wife about the strippers unless unless you let me come in or something yeah blackmail uh there's loads of blackmail loads of illegality essentially what usually happens is as a crime and they, they they themselves have like a it's it's a weird mix of political and crime drama. This because they, they their firm they'll solve the crime. Whether they then tell the police who did it is a a separate issue dictated by a well, different set it, of ethics. They say at um, the end it's not our problem. We don't care who did it. Well, all we care about is the fact that that guy just paid us, you know, one hundred and fifty grand to make sure that he did not do it. Like that is all they care about. That is the principle. Um, outcome. They, they always tread this line, Sam. Though throughout the series, where like there's an episode later where um, this uh, son of a, a you know a business mogul um, rapes a raped a woman, um, or he's on trial for rape, and they're trying to like get him off, and he's like, I didn't do it, I didn't rape this woman. And it turns out he didn't rape that woman. The woman he raped killed herself, and this is her friend trying to get justice, and essentially like. One of the characters, Abby, has to call out Olivia and say at the end and be like, uh, I thought we were pre-anti-rape here. I thought we were, like, in for putting rapists in prison. And, like, she basically has to grab her and shake her and be like, uh, we're not just going to help this rapist get off, are we? <laughs> like, and so there is the a morality is... to it. They don't. They, they you know, they he goes to prison and it's kind of like a... But it's so inconsistent with stuff like that. Because later on, they just clean up a crime scene. Like, they go in and they... Oh, well, this person can't be caught here, so we'll just get the bleach out and we'll just clean up all the evidence in this crime scene so that the person who actually did it is never caught. I'd like to talk about things that happen later on that maybe, you know, go on the line of of illegality. Because as this season progresses... uh, Well, no, sorry, let's start again. First episode in, pretty fucking high stakes. We've got murder, we've got... 
gay marines. <laughs> like the we've got the whole thing. We've got we've got a <laughs> we've we've got the whole gamut of like hot topic issues, taboo things that we're going to push against. All that the show is going for it full force. We also then have, as we see later on um, in the episode. The, the the president of the United States having a torrid affair in 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 the Oval Office, no less. You know, with imagine that. And, imagine that. Didn't you mention Monica uh, Lewinsky earlier? People, yeah, people can hear you shouting outside. Like, please wipe the lipstick off your face before you go and toast the president of France or whatever it is that he has to do. So there's all like, we are just going for it in the first episode. And I kind of I kind of think that in some ways the show maybe could have held off on the presidential um affair kiss until a little bit later on no it's not because, even just that sam it's all the like the president's getting his dick wet all over the place oh yeah like, and 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 this is and this is the point is that we start so high up we're so pumped up and ready to go that, but, but by the time we get to season six and this is this is literally this is literally what happens olivia pope plants a bomb on the president of some country, like you know, like a Kazakhstan or whatever it is, they're all invented. Um, I think they they, they yeah. tend to use real countries. She plants a bomb on the plane of a democratically elected president that the United States is trying to get back into power because him and um, by then I think president. Uh, the, the 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 vice the current president's wife becomes president I think because they had a little bit of a fling so Olivia Pope literally bombs a plane <laughs> that's what she does that's what, and that's Dude, not even the worst there one. is a laundry list of stuff that goes on so there's the the aide that the president sleeps with in, in the, not he doesn't sleep with her in this episode but it's the it's the B plot is Olivia is going to basically okay. threaten this woman who the president's had that. sex with um, mm-hmm. to leave him alone. So she ends up um, being murdered and tossed in the river, pregnant. Um, <laughs> Fuck me. And as ordered, by the way, ordered by the chief of staff of the president, um, but nobody knows him who ordered it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is, by the way, again, another fantastic character who's just, and to the show's credit, just casually gay, and that's fine. Like, yes, Jeff Perry plays Cyrus. I actually love his performance as well. I think he's brilliant. so good. Um, and the president's good as well in a different, like, sleazier kind of way. Um, Bellamy Young plays the president's the first lady, and she is fantastic. Nelly, I love seeing her popping up in things, and she is like, for me, second to um, Olivia Pope in terms of like her, like politicizing and like she is great at delivering a speech. And there's a bit in this first season where, um, basically, she makes the president impregnate her to save his approval rating or get him out of some jam. Like, it comes out that the president's been having an affair and he's like, actually, she's like, right, well, we'll tell them it was me. We were having sex on that tape. That's definitely me. It's fine. Um, and we'll tell them I'm pregnant. So we're going to have to start working on that, like, tonight. So just, like, totally casually. She is possibly, like, the most, what's the word, the best politician in the TV show as far Conniving. as I've watched. Conniving. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's... So we, and it, and this this is like my fundamental problem with the show is that we start up so high up in terms of the, the the stakes and the intensity that there's not really that like there's not really that many places to go. Another one later on is that she, long story, of a presidential elect gets assassinated, and Olivia Pope along with some other guy Jake who becomes a pretty he's fucking mental and he's a, a big character through this. Um. They, for real, get, force his wife, for reasons I can't quite remember, to kill her, to, to eat um, poison and kill herself. And the argument they literally use is, would you prefer this or do you want bloody pictures of your dead body in the papers for your children to see? And that is, that is like, I, I, it was on, it was on, Nick was watching it. I, I was like, we both looked at each other like, what the fuck? And I went, oh, this is, she's, she's like, it's paracetamol. She'll take them and they'll say, we're for real, don't mess with us. Nope, she does it, she dies, and that's our protagonist. <laughs> like, I, I just, and I don't know, again, I don't know whether to be impressed or to be put off by that fact that this is the it main just proves, Sam, show. that you don't have to, like, Dexter, I think, is the first show I watched where I was like, oh, this is a quantifiably, 
bad character who you don't like, really, but you root for them. And this show yeah. is another good example of, like, none of these people are good people. None of these people have a solid moral core. And that's kind of baked into the show, and it's baked into the political, especially with it being set in Washington and it being yes. about the president. Like, it's all baked... This is how we like to imagine what goes on in the White House. I imagine, actually, arranging a murder in the White House is a lot more perfunctory than these people make it look. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, that's called drone striking. Um, but like, We can do that from Maryland. We don't even exactly, need to leave our exactly. seats. But um, it's kind of like a great example of, like, none of these characters have a strong moral centre. Olivia Pope, like, she's really effective, and that's what the show is kind of... That's the show is shouting is, like... This woman is laudable, not because she's good. Like her and the, the, the ADA have like a good back and forth about who's wearing the white hat um, in this episode and things like that. And it's like, yes, everyone likes to believe they're the good guy, but none of them are. All these people are horrible people, but the justification is they're the best at it. And that is somehow laudable enough that we can watch them and root for them and hope that they succeed because they are better at what they're doing than the other scumbags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that's enough for a TV show it really is enough to carry you through I'm not sure it's enough to carry you through seven seasons but that's the curse of American television where like you will be cancelled when nobody is watching your TV show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you can't argue with the you can't argue with the, with just the pure quality of TV that's on that's on display here because and it's probably why even though you're sickeningly weak when it comes to plowing through crap television uh just gonna throw that out there Uh, i'm like an arctic explorer for rubbish tv you know i'm out there in my whaling boat like you know eating maybe sometime hard tack i'm going for a walk and maybe sometime i've got to watch four seasons of heroes that sort of thing you know um but, but I'm it, watching it, these TV shows just so that you and the audience do not have to. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't have to either, and I wasn't planning to, but that's fine. The, the but the so the the the, but the just the absolute quality of a filmmaker of TV making, excuse me, like that. I think crystallized, um, and then done every episode. Like every episode is kind of the same structure, but we get enough twists, we get enough in there, and I think. This episode, this pilot episode, is is amazingly structured because we get these, we get this um, a plot of the the, the 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 marine that resolves itself, and he very proudly then says, with these cast of other, get me you know, five soldiers, <laughs> get me five handsome looking marines. They they're all surrounding him, saying we support, and he says, I am a proud gay marine. So there is there is that kind of like more liberal left wing message, even though these people are horribly right wing. President Grant is a Republican, although he's we a rhino. We barely say the word Democrat in this TV show. Like he, he, it is he, a fucking dirty word, red, yeah. red, red. But but he's a rhino, which is Republican in name only. So there is like he's on the left wing of the you know whatever. But his vice president is like a um, a Bible Belt sort of uh, southerner who's like you know believes it's God's will that she's going to be president one day and it's a total fucking whack job but apparently in america that'll get you elected oh yeah absolutely but so you've got this you've got this kind of like um but there is this left-wing morality in it i think that swings through i think that's more a symptom of like t you know the people working in media Mm -hmm. like do you know what i mean even though they're making a really a show about republican washington and they're not necessarily attacking any of that at all. Actually, we should say like this isn't a an anti-president, pre, you know, presidential, anti-government show. It's just kind of like, you know, oh look at all this double dealing. Isn't it fucking exciting? And that, this, the as... left wing stuff, I think, is from the writing. It's from the fact that yeah. like there probably aren't an awful lot of really right wing <laughs> writers writing for TV. Um, Damn liberal Hollywood. It's it's not as polemical as perhaps um, House of Cards is, you know, which is like it's really shitting on the whole institution. But anyway, I got distracted by my other fantastic, insightful point. But the point I was going to say is, at the end of the episode, we <laughs> big get, lead we up, get Sam. To, you better pay this off. I know we get to see we get to see this reveal when um, Olivia Pope is told that the woman who claims to have an affair with President Grant 
um, the president called her Sweet Baby, which is Olivia's nickname for him. And this, I mean, which, is the ep- which is the episode title as well. So here's great- a bit of advice. If you're a philanderer, especially if you're the president of the United States, don't use pet names. That's how they get you. Don't use I'm, pet I'm, names and don't record yourself. That's how they got Nixon. Come on. I can't remember different nicknames for my different mistresses, Dave. Honestly, I mean, what, it's, what, what do you expect of me? What do you? Well, can you at least get more like more creative than "sweet baby," mm. <laughs> which is the vaguest thing I've hard, ever heard it? in my mm. life? Mm. Sweet babe. Mm. Hey, babes. Oh. Hey, sweet babe. It's but, but I'm what, the president. What, what, but what it does show, I think, is that these B-plots, in terms of the systematic, you know, the nature of this television show, the structure of it all, it's beautifully crafted because then the whole episode turns and, yeah, well done, you're a gay marine, that's cool, that's, but that's over now because what's fo- what the episode focuses on is that Olivia Pope has lost it. She has broken down because she can't deal with the fact that her, the president is... Her is, boyfriend lied to her is essentially the... Yeah, like the short version. Uh, Even though I don't that, think he that did married he have an man. With her? Yes. Oh, he did, right? Okay. Major, major plot. Um, it, there's a flashback in episode three or four where they flash back to the campaign trail um, two years previously, where Olivia Pope is an up and comer. This all seems to have happened very quickly as well, like her establishing this firm. If the election was two years ago, and you worked at the White House for a bit, and now you've established your own firm. But yeah, she was having an affair with the president. Um, there's a recording of it that comes out later. It's no, very no, funny. no, no, no. Is was the woman? Was the the woman who um, is in? <laughs> Stay with me here because it's going to get a little bit complicated. And no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. No, no, it does matter, Sam. So she she did sleep with the president, but she only slept with the president because the vice president's chief of staff basically put her up to it in order to. In order to bring down the president, so that the vice president could become president. Okay. So when she was murdered, on Cyrus's orders, she was pregnant with the vice president's chief of staff's baby, not the president's (laughs) baby. Which they find—it's all honestly, it's just. And you—you make a serious point in that, you know. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Well, no. What I was going to say is that kind of a lot of these shows. Descend into the soap opera, don't they? Really, and it's so intrinsically linked to the relationships between the characters. House suffers for this, and here we have another misanthrope main character who's an absolute genius, <laughs> and, and his genius is just is is part of it each episode. But later on, it's like, oh god, House has pissed off Wilson again. Okay, I don't really care. Like. Just don't be friends with him. <laughs> yeah. you know, break the fucking link between you and you don't need to keep doing this every episode. I think it's worse and, in and this, Sam, because like a lot of the characters commit horrible atrocities. No, they are all fucking each other, but they also commit horrible atrocities. <laughs> like Olivia and Cyrus. Olivia's pretty certain Cyrus ordered this woman to be killed, and then like an episode later they're having coffee and palling around. And you're like, um what? That requires a level of um Decomp, uh, depart, de- compartmentalizing, yeah, compartmentalizing, decompartmentalizing. My God, decompression. Decom- oh! <laughs> it requires a level of deregistration that I think is um, quite impressive and would men- mentally damage you. You know, it you just goes absolutely to prove be. Ultimately, it's all fairly. I wouldn't say unimportant. I think the actual like plots are they are ripped straight from a soap opera about the White House yeah. and like and that's fine because ultimately what this what sells this show is how fast paced it is, how snappy the writing is. I'm not gonna say it's fantastic writing, but it's very snappy. There's no fat in this. And how well it's produced. This is a very well made, very polished T V show that mm. could could be about almost anything that they cast really well and that's always like when you're a TV show like this if you get your casting right, that goes a long way to like plastering over a lot of cracks. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's and it, as as you say, like you've got when it when it does become so linked the relationships to the plot, that's when I think it starts to break down. So that um, you've got your case of the week, brilliant, and we move on to the next one. Marine's all happy now; he's great, fantastic. This B plot. He commits suicide off screen in the next episode. Oh, 100%. 100%. He is hazed and beaten. Suicide. 
Yeah. So there's there's like this B plot is kind of underneath all of this. And I think what happens and where I've start, you know, the, in the brief kind of bits that I've watched, it's like, oh, for fu- seriously, like that's what they're going to do with this TV show because the B plot becomes the A plot, which is them all trying to cover up horrific crimes they've committed over the last five years. You know, like all the all and all the relationships are all screwing each other and the whole thing's just a whole and that's less interesting to me than well the fixing bit which i think is the actual episodic great. stuff i like and it reminds me of do you remember the good wife is a in a tv show i consider adjacent to this very like, good. in a lot of ways where the tv show is excellent but it, it really it's a lot of scummy lawyers doing scummy lawyer things like everyone knows they're a scumbag there's no pretense to like we're doing the right thing and it's kind of just like Fast talking, you know, dealing, and 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 that's kind of fun to watch. It's engaging, um, but this TV show, I think, it just lacks any firmness on that. Like, and the characters can be quite powerless at times. There's an episode I just watched where um, Olivia gets called in because a governor came home. Um, his wife is banging some dude in the kitchen. She shouts that he's raping her, so the governor shoots this guy dead. Right? That's what we're told. Of course. It's not as simple as that. She wasn't being raped, for one. She was having an affair with this guy. Uh, number two, the husband knew about it all along, um, but you don't find that out until right at the end. And he had bought a gun, especially, to go in there, kill the lover, kill the wife, and then kill himself. But when she shouted rape, he thought, I can kill this guy and pretend that I've killed someone who was raping my wife, and my approval ratings will go up. And so, like, that's the reveal at the end where he's basically like to Olivia... It's only client privilege. You can't do a fucking thing about it. And it's like, yes, because Does she not say, I'm not your lawyer? I don't have an attorney client privilege. No, she does. He says attorney client privilege, and she's like, damn. So is she a lawyer? It's very unclear. Yeah. Like, logically, I suppose so, if they've got attorney client privilege. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, so, so yeah. Like... I don't want to watch any more of this because I kind of know the trajectory, and I don't. I'm not really interested in in my TV being at that level. Like, you know, it's like everything is just pumped up to eleven, and I kind of want a little bit more West Wing, which is people, you know, still still the interrelationship stuff, but just just dial it down a little bit. Like, I don't need to be so high octane at all points. I kind of want show. Veep, you know. I want the sweary smoking 45 cigarettes like trying to solve a problem by making phone calls White House yeah. TV show like you know I want like Julie Louise Dreyfus a, screaming at people if we set up a fixing agency which would be kind of like oh that is that is a tough one isn't it I mean what are you going to do about that <laughs> well, sounds like you're going to prison because you've done a crime and I'm afraid the law Sorry, says we can't help you. and me yeah. as a lawyer my, my job is to uphold the law says See, that you've done a murder and therefore know, you're gonna do time i know our ad says that we'll we'll fix anything but i don't i don't know where that you mostly from. do roofs mate toilets and things <laughs> like that you know, honestly like turning up in my house in the middle of the night covered in blood not really my usual thing oh, the, the, and 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 just final just final moan because we're going off now but just how much these people just love their jobs it's my job i i i it's my it's what i do like fuck me and even also, even Sam, even also, they are hoarder than a fucking room full of teenagers 100% but even later on hock says you could get do you want a crappy 9 to 5 job or and i'm like just got to stop you right there hock absolutely that's exactly what i want i want a crappy 9 to 5 job that enables me to live my life in a boring and sedate way so I can do my podcast with my friends. Like, that's what I want. I don't want to get up at fucking 2am to but deal with someone. Therein lies, therein lies the, like, the reason that all these people are together, Sam, because they're all fucking criminals. <laughs> so, um, the Hook is a former CIA agent who tortures people for fun. Um, <laughs> Olivia had a torrid affair with the president and I'm might have bombed an office and killed 12 people. Uh, unclear as of yet. She uh, took down a government as well, I think, or two. She took down a government or two, yeah. Um, Quinn uh, is in hiding because she's suspected of bombing an office building and killing 12 people. Um, that comes out and she nearly gets the death penalty because, again, <laughs> in America, that's the extra stake. Like, yeah, going to prison for life is pretty rough, but, like, being killed by the state is worse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the guys has uh, he was on trial for insider trading, and Olivia pulled some strings and got him off. Um, the fucking people, honestly. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the ginger character. Uh, she was married to an abusive husband and a victim of domestic violence. And I think the lawyer who's only in the first season um, had a mental breakdown and is a sex addict or something. And it's kind of like all of these people have like serious psychosis um, throughout. And it's like, so actually, Sam, they couldn't go and get a normal job because he'd fucking have them. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they're just going to enable rich bastards to get away with all the things that rich bastards like to get away with what the rest of us have to um one last thought actually sam one last thought before we go uh Mm. this is this obviously aired in 2012 and just one it's a mid-season replacement so there's only seven episodes in this first season ah because it aired in may so like really like they can't something else got canned i'm gonna give you a little bit of a pass then because i assume that this was a 24 episode season and so that you'd watch 24 episodes in the space of two or three days. No. So I'm going to give you... I, I, I'm going to apologise to you, Dave, and say I'm very sorry because seven seven episodes is not as much as 23. So, you know, that's... <laughs> Good maths there. Um, Sam is fantastic <laughs> at maths. Uh, write to him with your maths problems. Um, I, I was going to say, actually, like, I couldn't tell whether this was just a 2012 thing or whether this is a... An American politics thing. Nary a beard to be seen, or any sort of <laughs> facial hair in Ooh. this in this episode. Which, like, yes, it's an army. <laughs> of like, I know it's a really weird thing, but I just think that, like, if this show had been made ten years later, you'd have a lot more bearded actors going around because it's just much more in the fashion. Mm, yeah, we do love a good beard here. On anyway, the Imagine a Movie podcast. podcast. We know fashion. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> yes. Fashion. As you can see from our, our fantastic um, cover art, if you go if you, in your podcast feed, you'll see how attractive we all are. Try and guess which <laughs> one I am. <laughs> you'll be... I'm not the bald one, I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah right. So you're either you're either one of the balder ones or one of the ones with the beard, glasses and messy hair that look pretty much indistinguishable. White-bearded guys, like yeah. every other podcast on the internet. Every other podcast, my God. We are such a fucking cliche. We are such a cliche. Uh, but that's not going to stop us. <laughs> it's not going to stop us. So we'll be back. Laziness and uh, difficulty in scheduling might, but absolutely we will not stop because of, um, our, you know, th- nobody wants to hear our opinions about TV shows. Oh, well. Well, no one's watching Sam, so I'm fairly certain that, <laughs> that we're okay on that front. <laughs> yes, we'll be back next week with another TV show. Uh, to be determined. <laughs>